Renu Perak, Perak Shvi, the seventh Perak, Daf Ayin Dalid. Page 74. Here we go. Let's get into the actual Korban Pesach, how it was cooked, what it looked like. All right, let's get going. Ketzad Tzaylen Esa Pesach. How was the Korban Pesach roasted? How was it roasted? Says the Gemara. Says the Mishnah. Mevian Shpud. They brought a spit. What is a spit? A spit is a pole that they would stick through the body of the animal. Taisva says it went from the mouth on top to its bo- through its bottom on the bottom because the mouth is wider than the bottom. The hole of the mouth is wider, and therefore the mouth couldn't be facing downwards on the spud, on the spit. It had to be the wider part, or else it'll fall off, right? So it was, you had the animal and you had the spit. Now this spit needed to be made out of pomegranate wood. And what the Gemara is going to get into initially, the first part of the Gemara is what it's going to get into, is why pomegranate wood? Why not metal? Why not a different type of wood? Why was this the perfect type of spit for the carbon Pesach? Okay? So again, how did we roast? And they would stick it into the mouth, okay, through its bottom, the bottom of the animal. And then they would take the krav. The krav is the part of the leg beneath the knee. Okay? So they would take the lower part of the leg, cut it off, the espine mayov, and then they would take out its innards, lesocho, and they would stuff it inside of the stomach of the carbon pesach. So they would you had the long, you had the whole animal shechted. They would cut off the, the legs from the knee and down, all four. Take out the innards. Now you had a hollowed inside of the stomach. And they would take that all together and stuff up the stomach with it. And the, it would go on the spit. And that's how they would roast the animal. This is the opinion of Rabbi Yisiaglili. What about who? Peter. What would they say about that? Peter? Yeah, don't you know that organization is... Uh, oh, Peter. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the... the, the very yeah. Wholesome, they want a wholesome... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're members of Peter. also. P-E-T-A. People eating tasty animals. Okay. <laughs> there you go. So they would take the bottom of the legs and stuff it inside. This is the pin of Rabbi Akiva says, that you can't do that. You know why? Because if you take the innards and the bottom of the legs and make a stuffing for the stomach, what ends up happening is that the innards and the legs are now going to be cooked from the heat of the stomach and it's not going to be cooked directly from the flame. And therefore, 
the stomach's going to be like a pot around the innards and the legs. And therefore, he says, you're not allowed to cook the innards and legs like that. So what do you do? Rabbi Akiva says, rather, you know what you do? You take the innards, you take the legs, you somehow smush it together, and you put that directly on the spit outside of the animal's body. This way, the fire could touch it directly. Okay. That's the first half of the Mishnah. You're not allowed to roast the carbon Pesach on a metal spit or on an askala or on a barbecue. Okay? With a metal grate. Omar Rabbi Tzadik. Rabbi Tzadik says, now the reason for this is, we're going to, it's important to mention because we're going to get to this right away. We're going to jump right away into Gemara with this. If you cook something on hot metal, the metal itself gets so hot that it will cook the meat. And therefore, the roasting will not strictly come through the fire. It will also come through the hot metal, and that's a problem. And by the way, with this halacha, we can start understanding there must be something unique about a, about a pomegranate spit, about wood from a pomegranate tree that that helps us with this. Because usually once anything becomes hot, that itself conducts heat. Okay? So let's keep that in mind. Amr of Tzadik, Rav Tzadik says, Maisab Rebbe Gamliel, Gamliel, Sha'amar Tevi Abdai, he said to his famous servant Tevi, who was a Talmud Chuchim, he wasn't Jewish, but he was a Talmud Chacham. Yeah, he lived around uh, Rabbi Gamliel. He's quoted multiple places. Please go roast the carbon Pesach on the grill with metal heat. Now, does this work out with what we just said? Nisht. Okay? So Gemara is going to have to explain what's going on. We just learned in the Mishnah that, that that's a no-go. You're not allowed to you're not you're not allowed to do anything on metal, and all of a sudden Gamliel is telling Tevi his servant to go do it. Vosepis, what's going on? We'll wait for the Gemara to answer that question. Zog the Gemara says the Gemara. Here we go. Venesi shamatachas. Why can't you use a metal spit? Put the carbon pesach on a metal spit and put the fire around it. No, you got a rotisserie. What's the problem? No, the problem is that the part of the metal on the outside of the animal, the part of the metal in the spit that's holding up the animal, once that becomes hot, the heat continues to the pole that's inside the animal that also becomes hot with metal. And now the Karm Bezach is going to be cooked because of the hot metal. For Rachman Omar Tzliyesh, Torah says you're only allowed to eat a Karm Bezach if it's roasted on fire. And now it's going to be cooked not only from the fire, but also from the hot metal spit inside of it. Good answer. It's not allowed to be roasted through something else. Okay, so we understand there can't be a metal spit. But why pomegranate wood? Use palm tree wood. Says the Gemara, I did this by Shibe Mapik Maya Vavakim Avoshul. No. You know why? Because wood of a date wood of a date palm tree has cracks in it. 
and therefore as it heats up, it lets out some sort of sap, Rashi explains, some sort of liquid, some sort of sap, and now that liquid will become hot inside the animal and start cooking the animal from the inside, and that's a problem too. It'll be like cooking and not like roasting. What about wood of a fig tree? Inside the wood of a fig tree has wetness. It's also going to cause a bishal problem. Bring wood of a alain is a strong standard tree. Shalcharov is a carob tree. Vishal Shikma is a sycamore tree. What about these types of wood? Says the Gemara. Zalba problem. You have the same problem. Why? I did this bekitri mapigmaya. Because they're not so smooth and they need to be smoothed out. And since they're going to be cut, that makes it like the, like the, um, um, the, the first of the, the first question, which was, um, which was from a palm tree. We said you can't use wood from a palm tree because it has it has uh, grooves in it, right? Over here too, since it needs to be smoothed out, it's going to end up having those cuts, and the cuts are going to allow inside liquid to come out. You're also going to end up with a bishul problem. Shalimani nami kitri says the gemara. Well, then pomegranate wood, you'll have the same problem. Says the gemara. No, I won't, because shi'i kitri, pomegranate wood is very smooth, and therefore it ain't going to let out any liquid. We're dealing with a young uh, pomegranate branch that doesn't, uh, that, that's completely smooth. There's no knots on it. It's totally fine. He says the Gemara, yeah, 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 it's smooth. Guess what? When you cut off the branch from the tree, there's going to make a separation. And that spot where the wood was separated, or the branch separated from the tree, has liquid. So it'll also be a bishul problem, says the Gemara. No, it won't, because we're dealing with a spit, and a spit has openings on the ends. What happens? You stick your animal on the spit before it gets hot. Then you have the two ends sticking out, and then you start roasting. Well, guess what? Since it's only one end of the branch, possibly two, but either way, it doesn't matter. Since it's only the ends of the branch that have the cuts, even if liquid drips out of that, it ain't going to be en- end up cooking the, the meat because the meat is on the center of the branch. It's not on the edge. All the, all the liquid from the edge will just drip off. Okay, so now we know why Gans Klal Yisrael on Erev Pesach needed to stock up on pomegranate branches. Seder, why? To roast the carbon Pesach. Okay. Says the Gemara, well, now that we explained like this, our Mishnah is not following Rabbi Yehuda. The time we learned in a Bryce, Rabbi Yehuda says, The same way Shpud shall eats a spit made out of wood, does not, uh, does, uh, does not get burnt. In other words, it, it, it uh, remains. You'd think, listen, if you have a fire around a wooden spit, wood burns in fire. The same way that actually doesn't happen the same way you find that wood doesn't get completely destroyed by the fire, by the roasting, well, guess what? Says Rebuta, the same thing happens by metal. If you have meat on a metal spit and it's on the center, even if the side of the metal spit gets hot, the center won't get hot. 
Well, according to this, you should be allowed to cook your carbon Pesach on a metal spit. According to Rabbi Yehuda, what was the whole problem of a metal spit? That the metal, even inside the meat, will get hot, and now the carbon's going to be cooked on the inside and the outside. That's a problem. Rabbi Yehuda says, scientifically, that's not true. If you have meat on a metal spit, the heat will only go to the outside, and the heat will not be conducted towards the center where the meat is, and you should be okay. So Rabbi Yehuda is, um, is obviously not working out with our mission. Amrulai, they said to Rabbi Yehuda, by the way, you're wrong. Yeah, there's a difference between metal and pomegranate wood, like we explained. The metal, once even part of it does get hot, the meat, the, the heat is conducted towards the center, and therefore we're poskening. Nisht, you're not allowed to do that. However, by this pomegranate wood, it's unique. First of all, we're not concerned about liquid, and second of all, the heat of the outside is not going to continue, be conducted towards the inside where, that, where the meat is located, and Mamela, you're allowed to cook on a pomegranate spit, but not a metal spit. Period. End of that explanation. Okay. So, so far we have Kalar, hopefully. We learned in our Mishnah, you got to roast the carbon Pesach on pomegranate wood. That we explained why specifically pomegranate wood. And the next thing we said was that they would, ch- the next halach of the Mishnah was they would cut off the bottoms of the legs from the knee down, take out the insides, and we had a machaikas in the Mishnah how to actually, where it was placed, where the insides and the legs were placed. Was it placed inside the stomach? That was Rabbi Yisiaglili. Rabbi Kiva says, no, that would be called cooking. Okay? Because the stomach would heat up and then that would heat up and that's a problem. Therefore, Rabbi Kiva says, you, uh, you put it elsewhere. Okay, you put it, you put it off. I think they're going to explain. Here we go. Venaisenes crow. You take the legs and the insides. And we had a machlekas where it's actually placed. Tanya, we learned in a brizer. Rabbi Shmuel, kareyu teich toch. Rabbi Shmuel says that they would roast this toch toch. Okay, toch toch means that they would roast it in a way where the meat starts to make this sound of toch toch. Yeah, it's kind of like a, it's an expression of sound. Rabbi Tarfin, kareyu gedi mikulis. Rabbi Tarfin called the carbon Pesach a goat with a hat, a helmet. That's what it looked like, because when they would put it on the spit on top, it looked like, since they would put it on the spit, it looked like he's wearing, he's, uh, uh, the, the innards and the legs were like a, a helmet on the goat. Listen to this. Tanurabona. The rabbis learned, and so should we. What is considered this gedimakulis, this helmeted goat? They are not allowed to eat at the Pesach Seder nowadays because the custom is not to eat anything that looks like the Korban Pesach. Any animal that's roasted like one, all at once. If any part of the animal is separated so that's not the way the Korban Pesach was roasted because it had to com- be complete and all together with the innards, uh, right? and the, the, with the innards and the legs, uh, all one piece. And if you, if you uh, take off one leg, all of a sudden, you're allowed to roast the carbon Pesach. Nowadays, in St. Louis, anywhere you want in the world, it's not going to take on the impression of a carbon Pesach. Says the Gemara, what do you mean? 
Hashta yesh loimar nechtach meno ever, the avagav dekom matvilei bahadei, even if you're missing a limb. And it seems to imply, let's say you cut off a limb, and the limb is still rosa with the animal, amrit loy, you're going to say it's not considered the goat with the helmet, and it's okay, nishlak mi boy, how much more so uh, do we know that if it's cooked, you certainly, uh, you, it certainly should be allowed. So why do you even have to mention this? Okay, Rashi explains that we're assuming that any time you're going to do this, first, the part that was taken off is going to be, uh, is going to be cooked. And then, if you roast it afterwards, it should, it should uh, still be kosher. Why did we say you're not allowed to do this? Again, there's a halacha that if you, that if, uh, you, you cook meat and then roast it, the minig is not to eat it. Nowadays. Once there's no more carbon bezah. Why? Because, ah, you cooked it. Yeah, but now it's roasted. I don't understand. Why do you even need to tell me that if you already mentioned the other case? Says the Gemara, Amar Rav says, maybe the Chiddush over there is where we say it's Asr Taka is when it, well, you didn't detach it to boil. You had a whole animal. You had a whole, a whole carbon. It wasn't really a carbon because it's after, there's no, there's no carbon pesach nowadays. You have a whole animal, and it couldn't fit in the pot. So you stuck one leg in the pot. And you cooked one pot. And now you're roasting the whole thing. That's where we say the minig is not to eat it, because you taka still have the whole animal. And only when the whole animal is together, at this point of the Gemara, this is what we're holding. Only when the whole animal is together does it take on the impression of a carbon Pesach, and the custom is not to eat it. Now keep in mind, our minig nowadays is not to eat anything roasted. Carbon Pesach. Lefi, where we're holding right now in the Gemara, however, it seems that it's only a minhag across Klal Yisrael, at least. It's only a minhag across Klal Yisrael to not eat a roasted Carbon Pesach that has not yet been cut up. But as soon as it's really been cut up, then it's a matter of minhag It's not this general minhag that we are referring to over here. Amar Rabba. Rabba says, if you take an animal and you fill it up with meat, you fill the stomach up with meat, sharia, you're allowed to eat it at the Pesach. Uh, you're allowed to eat it. Okay? Rashi explains, I'm trying to see whether I should explain it now or later. Let, let's read a couple more steps and then, I'm, then we'll get into Rashi. Rashi. If you have an animal that's that's uh, f- filled with meat, you're allowed to eat it. But the stomach is going to take in the meat of the the blood from the meat that you're stuffing it up with. The same way it's taking in the blood, it's also giving out the blood through this heat. Name is Ayale, and we'll say we have a raya. You're allowed to put the legs and the innards inside the Korban Pesach. Why aren't we concerned about the blood that's been separated and now you're reinserting? Isn't it because we say and the same way the blood might go into the meat, it's now going to come out through the heat? They said, Since um, you have a cut on the neck, 
So it's like mechalchel. The word chal means it is it is uh, open. It's hollow, and therefore meirav diyavi. The blood is all going to be on its way out, and there's no concern that it's going to come in. Let's pause for a moment and explain what what uh, what exactly is going on over here. So Rashi explains as follows. Rashi says that we know that for meat to be kosher, it needs to be salted. You've got to get rid of the blood. A person is not, uh, says in the Torah, you're not allowed to eat blood of any animal. So the discussion here is, if I'm taking blood that came out of the animal is usr. Blood that's in the animal is not really usr darais. Blood that's inside of an animal is not really usr darais. Blood that is going to be cooked, uh, blood, meat that's going to be cooked, is going to also need a stronger salting than meat which is roasted on fire. Why? Because meat that's roasted on fire, as we know, like liver, has a lot of meat. The only way to kosher liver is over a flame. Okay? Flame has a way to draw out blood. And therefore, if you know you're roasting something, you need less of a malicha. You don't need, uh, you, sometimes you don't even, uh, uh, nowadays we're doing malicha on everything, but you don't really need a, uh, a strong malicha, a strong salting. Okay? The question here is if we're saying, according to Rabbi Yaisi Aglili, that you're going to take the innards out and the legs out and then stuff up the stomach with them or even put it on the spit next to it isn't the blood going to seep into the meat of the carbon Pesach good kasha says the Gemara no why because kibolo kachpolta huge aside in Hochas Kashras and that is the same way any iser goes in, that's how the iser comes out. Any prohibition goes in a certain way, it goes out a certain way. So if the prohibition over here, meaning the blood, is going to go into a meat, well, the same medium that brought the blood into the meat, for example, a flame, is also going to be a medium to draw the blood out of the meat, which is a flame. And Mamela, you're not going to have a, you're not going to have a problem. And then the Gemara explains, the Gemara says that um, another thing to realize is that once it's shechted, any blood, once you shecht the carbon Pesach, so any blood that's going to be inside is also going to flow out because it's going to be around the spit. The spit is in the center. You have the cut on the neck of the animal. That creates an opening. And the mela, the fire, the roasting, will be able to draw the blood out, and there is no concern. Name of Messiah will prove that this is this is how it works. We know that if a person wants to eat the heart of the animal, are you allowed to just soak the heart in salt and eat it? No. Because the heart has a lot of blood in it. That's really what a big part of the heart, the makeup of the heart has a lot of blood. So in order to be allowed to eat the heart of an animal, you have to cut open the chambers of the heart to allow the blood to flow out first, 
and then cook it. What happens if I don't? Like Karo. Let's say I don't cut open the chambers of the heart. Then you can even do it afterwards. My timer. Why? What in the world? How's it possible? I had blood inside the animal. I had blood inside the heart. I should have taken it out first. I didn't. Do it afterwards? This heart should already be trafe because I cooked it with blood in it. I have trafe of blood inside my heart. What does it help to cut it up afterwards? It must be because of this logic, the same way it went in, that's how it goes out. Gemara, shiny lay of the Shia. No, a heart is a particular leniency. Why the Shia? Even if you cook the heart with the blood, the reason why you're allowed to cut it open afterwards is because the heart is non. The w- proper word is not is, is the word to use here is not porous, right? But we but the, that that's the idea here. In other words. When something ha- is porous, something has pores, so then the blood will seep in. The taste will go in. The iser will go in. The heart, which is very smooth and non-porous, even if you cook it with the blood inside some of the chambers, the blood is not going to go into the walls of the heart because of the smoothness of the heart. And mamela, particularly there, by the heart, we're going to be lenient. However, this will not apply to other parts of the body. Robin was um, uh, he was putting dough. Okay? He was putting dough on the bird of Rav. Okay? And he was uh, he was making a uh, a, a, a bird knish. Va'amar lay, and Rav said to him, "Imale tifle havli v'leichel." If you, uh, if the uh, um, the the wrap, the dough that you're putting on the bird is good, I want to eat some of it. Okay. So it says you see from here that an entire bird. It's not just by a heart over here. Apparently, as Rashi explains, we it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't um, salted yet. So you have the concern of the blood. So why is he saying, I'm willing to eat it? Says the Gemara, because over there, there was smida, there was fine flour that was being used, the mefarir, and since it was fine flour, the cooking of it will still allow the blood to come out of the bird. And that's why he was willing to eat it. So don't say, I, what about the story of the dove? You see it's similar to the heart, and a heart is not unique. No, a heart is unique, and a dove is unique. But again, you can't compare these halachas to all other types of meat. Okay, and you also have no proof to uh, Taraba about the heart. The heart's one halacha, bird's another halacha. Fine. Says the Gemara, One time... Rava went to the house of the Reish Kalusa. Now, the Reish Kalusa sometimes was a house of Tamidei Chachamim, and sometimes not. But there were usually Tamidei Chachamim hanging around the house of the Reish Kalusa. This was the house of the leader of the diaspora. And they 
they put a, a bread coating of a goose. Omar, he said, If I didn't see the goose was as clear as glass, clear, I wouldn't have eaten from the goose. Okay? Meaning, only because I saw there was no blood, that's why I'm willing, I'm willing to eat it. Otherwise, he's telling everybody, you got to really be a little more careful about this. I'm seeing it. I saw, I saw what's going on. I saw there's not a, not a speck of blood. I'm willing to eat it now. But if there's even you got to be really careful with this. The Esau Kedaita Kabbalah Kachpota. And if you're going to say, why? Kabbalah Kachpota, the same way maybe the blood's going to go in. Oh, so it just goes right back out with the cooking. My area Kizig. So, um, uh, and if that's really true, so what's the difference what color it is? Afilu Kiloi Zignami. Even if it's not clear, we should say Kabbalah Kachpota. You see from here, what's the point of the Gemara with this story? You see from here that this Yesod, this foundation of Kabbalah Kachpota, is not universally accepted. Not universally accepted. It was only done because he didn't see any blood. But in general, it seems he did not agree with Kabolo Kachpolto, and he would not have eaten it. The more answers, Hassam Bechavirta de Sharir. Over there, we're dealing with a uh, fine flour de Shar. De Shar means it kind of, um, they, they do this, I think it's called searing meat. It's when you like, that's not what they were doing here, but people sear meat in order to keep the juices inside. Am I right? Like you put it, first you put it on a high flame. This keeps the juices in, you flip it over, put it on a high flame, and now you know like the, the liquids are contained. Okay? What the Gemara is answering is this idea that the type of breading, however that worked, that was, uh, that was being used is not the type of breading that you can rely on for kibolo kachpolto. Okay? Because maybe sometimes it takes it in, but then it's like locked in, and it won't necessarily give it out. But in general, here's the main idea. Possibly, in general, he will agree with Kibolo Kachpolto. Specifically in this story, he's not agreeing with Kibolo Kachpolto. The Hilkasa and the Allah is, the Smida, when you have fine flour, no matter what color it is, we say... Uh, we say it's allowed, it's okay, it's kosher, whether or not you have uh, you have the look of blood, okay, because we'll say kibolo kachpolto. The chavirta, when it's white, uh, white flour, izig kezuza, if it's very clear, like zuza, chavira, clear glass, sharye, it's allowed, ilai, if it's not, asir, it's going to be forbidden, because you see that it's not kibolo kachpolto, Okay, that they may have given in the flavor of, of blood, but it's not necessarily giving off the blood. The sharkamachim, when it comes to dough made out of uh, regular flour, other flours, ismik, usr, if you see redness on the flour, then it's forbidden because you see that it did give, uh, it, it did give the blood back out. Light ismik, shire, but if it remains clear and it's not red, then it's going to be allowed. Okay, it's going to be allowed if there's a, if there's a, a lot of redness. Hi Yusa, and when it comes to a Yusa, a stuffed animal, a meat stu- an animal stuffed, manda asar afilu puma lesachas. The one who holds, if you hold that to stuff 
an animal with meat is a problem, again, because the meat has blood, and now the blood's going back into the animal. So if you hold that it's usher, even when it's open and facing the flame, so the flame could draw the blood out, if I hold it's usher, no matter what, I'm going to hold it's usher. We're not going to say, oh, it depends on the, it depends on the circumstance. Uman pumala, and the one who holds its mutter because of Kabbalah Kachvota will hold its allowed, whether or not it's facing down, even if it's facing up, he holds it's going to be allowed. Because the same way it's coming in, Kabbalah Kachvota, so too we could assume that the heat of the fire is taking it out, the Hilchasa, and the halacha is Mulyasa Shari, Afilu Puma Le'el, if it's facing upwards. Uh, and you stuff the animal with its innards and its legs away from the roasting, the halacha is it's allowed even, uh, even if it's facing upwards and there's a concern the blood might go back into the meat, it's still allowed. Why? This rule. Kibolo kach poto. If you're going to say the blood went in through the heat, then you have to uh, be willing to say that the blood goes out through the heat. Practically speaking, unfortunately we don't have the carbon Pesach today. Hopefully we'll be able to set one aside Tomorrow, uh, practically speaking, in other areas of halacha, this is how we paskin, the same way any forbidden entity went in, that's the same way to get that entity out. Period. Now that we discussed this machlokas concerning the Karban Pesach, the machlokas of how to handle the innards and the legs, does it cause a problem of dam? going into the carbon Pesach or not. Now we're going to talk about other areas of blood causing an issue. Umtza. A red piece of meat where you think there's blood. Okay? Bay. Or, I believe they call this prairie oysters. Yeah, in the Midwest, it's a delicacy. Uh, they are the testicles of an animal. Okay? Umizriki. And Rashi says the main blood-carrying uh, vessels of the neck, an artery, that's what it's called. Uh, the main arteries of the neck area, where you know there's all these areas, all these places, you, you just know there's a lot of blood. You look at this piece of meat, you're like, oh, there's a lot of blood in there. You know there's a part of the body that there's a lot of blood. These parts of the body, there's a machoikas between Rav Acha and Ravina. Rashi says, as to whether you're allowed to eat this, these parts, in general. Generally, Rav Acha is going to be strict and Ravina is going to be lenient. And whenever you find the Machlechus in Rav Acha and Ravina, Ravina, by the way, is one of the authors of Gemara, we usually paskin like Ravina and we're lenient. Except for these three instances, the raw meat that looks very red, the testicles, and the, the blood-carrying arteries of the neck. 
The Rav Acha Lekula Ravina Lechomra. Here Ravina is the one who says you're not allowed to eat this. Rav Acha does allow it. And Behochasok Rav Acha Lekula. We paskin like Rav Acha Lekula. You're allowed to. If somebody serves you meat, you don't need to say, oh, did, did it come close to the neck? Because then I can't eat it. No. It's taco left. Hai umtza de imsak. This piece of meat that looks very red. Chatchei umalchei afilu lekedera. Shari. If you salt it, you're allowed to even cook. You don't need to roast it afterwards. You can cook it in a pot where the blood may be going into the water. It's not going out, oozing out into a flame. It's kosher. You, as long as you salt it, you cut it up properly, you salt it, you're allowed to cook it. Shafte bishvuda shar. If you're allowed to cook it, you can certainly roast it where the, where the blood just comes dripping out. Meidav doyev. Because the blood's coming out. If a person puts it on a barbecue grill, the one who says it's a problem, it's because the heat is going to sear. I think I'm using the right word. It's, it's like sear, like the, it's going to close it off and force the blood to not drip out. Uman the shari mishav shav. The other says no, no. Maybe for its juices it keeps it in, but if it's if the heat's there, it's going to allow the blood to keep dripping out. Vehokasam mishav shav, and that's the halach. It's allowed. We assume the heat is taking out the blood. It's okay. Vichibay, what about the beitzim? What about the testicles? How do you eat that? Chatchinhu, you cut them. Umalchinhu. And you salt them. Afilu lekedera sharyan. Same halacha. You could even cook it in a pot. Talina bishpuda. If you hang it on a spit, sharyan. It's also allowed because made of doyev. Anything that's in it will certainly uh, drip out. Achtenu agmure. If you put them on a grill on top of coals. Pligi baravach ravina chad aser vechad shari manda aser mitzvah tamis. One says that it closes it off. The heat's closing it off, and it's not going to allow the blood to drip out. Another one says, no, the blood certainly will draw it out. What's, okay? The, and th- this, is, uh, this is how we pass it. What about the, the bloody part of the neck where it was shachted? You cut it, you salt it, you could even uh, shari, even if you cook in a pot, it's okay. Talia bishpuda, you hang it on a spit. Beisa shchita letatoy. So now it makes in this type of of uh, blood, where the blood's located, makes a difference how you hung it on the spit. If the lost the place one, sorry. If beis hashchita letatoy, if the cut of the neck where the shchita happened is facing downwards on the spit. So now the blood could be drawn out and it's not coming all the way back through the meat in order to get out. So then, shari, it's allowed. If you cut it up, if you uh, put it on a, a grill with coals, 
Chad Osar Vechachari, Manda Omar Mitzvah Somis, the one who says that it's Osar again is because the blood's going to get closed off and stuck. Uman Dishari Mishav Shav, the other Mandi Omar is going to hold that no, that uh, same opinion that it's going to flow out. Hai Umtsa de Imsak, this. Uh, this very red piece of meat, the first one mentioned, that looks like there's blood, chalye osir, it's juice, chalye is like the liquids that come out of it, is going to be osir, loy imsik, however, if you doesn't look like blood, chalye shari, then it's juices, are allowed. You have to look at the juices that are coming out. Does it look like there's real blood here? Or does it look like juice? Yeah, when I was a kid, so you you know, you're not used to buying meat. So all of a sudden you're you're seven years old and you you, you look into your parents uh, uh, you know, a butcher bag and you're like, gross, there's blood everywhere. Not blood, that's meat juice. Yeah, it's not blood. Right? That, that's what comes out. But what do you? What do I know? What else is red liquid? What do you know? You know, no, it's meat juice. It's not blood. So you have to know the difference. If a taka looks like red, like blood, like when you get a cut, yeah, the taka looks bloody. Okay, yeah. take another look. Make sure it is done. Otherwise, the the juice comes out red. it's permitted. Ravina, Ravina says a few like nami. Even if it doesn't become very red, chali alser he efshar delespa shuriyakibedama. Because it's not, um, it's not possible that there's not going to be a small element of blood. My father had no problem eating it. Okay, He had no problem. Any liquids that came out of the meat that didn't look like blood, he, he ate it. He didn't have an issue with it. He didn't hesitate. He didn't hesitate. Ravashi um, himself used to eat, uh, uh, used to eat or drink uh, this juice. It didn't bother. Ravashi, Abba, my father Any time he would soak meat in vinegar once. He would not use the same vinegar to remove blood of a different piece of meat. Apparently, vinegar, like salt, has the ability to draw out meat. Once he used it on one piece of meat, he wouldn't use it on another piece of meat. How is it different? Um, why is vinegar weak? that we say you're allowed to cook or roast meat afterwards, but only if it's once, says Gemara, because Hossam, by the vinegar, Isay, top of tomorrow's daf, lekiyua de pera be'ine. By the vinegar, its ability, Rashi explains, to, to take, what's vinegar made out of? Vinegar comes from fruit. So the strong taste of vinegar is limited to whatever fruit made this vinegar. And apparently this type of vinegar doesn't have the same power 
of the flavor of the fruit to now draw out blood the same way that salt does in a way where even if there's anything there, it'll ruin the taste of the blood. That's how Rashi explains it. But hacha, but when you have uh, when you have something that's already used, you have vinegar that's already used once, leisa lekiyua de peri beine, you don't have the power of the vinegar remaining anymore, and therefore you would not be allowed to use vinegar more than once. You could use it initially, but you're not allowed to use it for a second time, and we will hold it here for today.